This is exactly right. Hometown mini-sode. It's a mini-sode, guys. So don't get involved. Keep it light. Yeah. And get ready to move on quickly. Don't. If you're on like a quick treadmill run or you have like a quick commute. Or someone's telling you a boring story, you can just you just throw in an earbud. Yep. And just real quick, listen to some murder stories. Okay. These are ones that you guys have sent in to my favorite murder at Gmail that I'm going to read to Karen. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't read these. Okay. So these will be a fun surprise. Yeah. Let's see here. So about a week ago, I was with, this is from John. About a week ago, I was with my girlfriend and we came, we were at my sister's house and not sure how it came up, but we started talking about the murder of my best friend at the time, Eric Joost, J-O-O-S-T, when I was a kid. We grew up in a small suburb outside of Austin. Basically, we were both in 10th, we were both 10 at the time and in fifth grade. His dad was the coach for the soccer team we were both on, as well as some other friends. Our families were close and we'd have slumber parties. Um, he lived with his parents and younger sisters, who I think were four at the time. They always had a- awesome birthday parties. Basically, they were a model family. Is, he's not going to go well. Nope. So after one weekend in the spring and no one hears from them, um, they send someone over to check on them. Something was fishy, so they call the local police. Whole family's dead. <gasps> Triple murder-suicide is what they ruled. They said that the dad went through the house and shot them all and then in their sleep, just like, uh, and then off themselves. Yeah. So, oh, but then, um, so right there, it seems plausible that he did it, obviously, but the family swears the dad would never do that, and, and I can't see how either, he says. And the bumbling local yokel cops, <laughs> here we go again, walked around through the crime scene and messed up a lot of evidence. But another weird thing was that he was in charge or very high up with the Texas Horse Racing Commission. And so a lot of people speculate that he had some damning evidence or knew some things that maybe there was a hit on him. But why Ooh. would they? So that's that. Well, why would they kill yeah. all the, fam- the whole family usually they leave someone alive so that something terrible like that le- has a lasting mark or something right it's the point like, is that, that you don't give out the evidence right uh also what's the most obvious answer that the dad killed everyone yeah but if it's too bad there's no, no other information like then it was revealed that he right. actually began betting on horse racing or right. whatever I bet there is somewhere, but these are hometown murder emails. You know what it. sucks about that? Because we keep reading these stories and we're all so interested in these stories. But like, it's basically that thing where over and over it's people and people going, there's no way this person did it. And then they did. So then you're just like, can anybody do this? Yeah. I mean, well, you would hope that you, you like the same thing with when we like, like learn about serial killers. Like, would we have known Right. Would we have been able to tell immediately? I know. I don't think so. I feel like that science should be science's next step. Let's stop trying to figure out if wine is good or bad for us <laughs> or whatever the fuck those studies are. And let's get on to like a, a, a 
just one of those weird like deodorant strip tests where you can tell if somebody's a sociopath or not yeah. or a psychopath. Yeah. That's and I'm sick of like if they look up to the uh, to the right when they're lying, then they're like this and that. There is that yawn. Did you hear the yawning theory? Yes. I love that. If you yawn and then the person you're with doesn't catch the yawn, which is a, a natural human instinct, then they might be a sociopath. But I don't want to believe that. Why? Because Vince doesn't yawn when I yawn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've tried it a few times now. <laughs> Is he paying attention to you, though? I don't know. I've, like, almost done it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that might not be hard science. I also want to say that I have the most anxiety and I'm constantly looking for ways I'm going to get murdered. Yes. So this is obviously just my anxiety. And Vince. and husband is your number one, your number one guy. Right. And anything else he's ever done in our relationship has not been even close to a sociopathic. Action. No, he is one of the most empathetic people I've ever met. Yeah. Very and good. Sympathetic, per- very good person. Very empathetic. And so. very, yeah, he's very, he's the guy that like when a group situation is happening, he's thinking for the group. Yeah. That's that's a person that isn't <laughs> he'll inter he'll interfere with chaos to like chill it out. Yes. No, he's good people. Yeah. He takes he, he takes care of the most anxious fucking wife in in the world. <laughs> he does. And he's very sweet about he's it. He's a goddamn saint. So good for so yawning. So don't believe it. Don't, don't believe it. Don't believe the yawn. Okay, here's a good let's see. Um well there's here's a Girl Scouts one that I really liked that I immediately thought was gonna be the girls who got killed in at the Girl Scout camp. But it wasn't. Um, There's a good generation generation Y about that that you recommended to me. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. So this girl, her name is Andrea, says, I think this is my first the first murder story I remember. It's from Nashville, Tennessee, um, and it was in the 70s. Let's see. Da, 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 da. So this girl. OK. In 1975, Marsha Trimble was nine years old in Girl Scouts, knocking on doors, selling those damn addictive cookies. Oh, yeah. She went missing and they didn't find her body until about 30 days later. Um, if being murdered wasn't bad enough, she was found on Easter Sunday. I don't know what that means because I'm Jewish, so I don't understand the significance of that. But I'll explain the Bible to you later. Would you mind? Mm. Uh, they did not find the killer until 33 years later. Ooh. So can I guess? Is it someone that was like a pillar of the community? No, I I ended up looking it up. Um, if you walk up to anyone in the forties or older in Nashville, they will remember that little girl. It was ingrained in us by our parents to never go knocking on anyone's door. No shit. Uh, yeah. Good lesson. Um, I can't believe that they let us just knock on doors. Oh, and she says, I can't be positive, but I think this is why Girl Scouts now sell together at tables at grocery stores. Yeah. Dude, I fucking tried to sell. Like my school would be like, go sell this wrapping paper from door to door or you're not going to be able to go to the like camp. Yes. Listen, it was only whatever 30 years ago, but it was as if it was the dark ages. The way people approached uh, how children should be in the world. Yeah. It's hilarious. They were just, I feel like they must have been trying to thin out the herd. I mean, yeah, there's something to it where we have a very high population. Overcrowding in classrooms. Oh my God. And they're so loud. And when they get together and they scream. Because it's so obvious. It's idiotic. Yes. No, it's, remember for a while after like, um, you know, Adam Walsh disappeared and all the 80s heyday of, oh my God, this happens mm-hmm. and this is crazy. There was a thing where it was, um, there were certain safe houses. If a house in my town, they had this, Paloma, if there was a house with a certain sticker in the front window and you were in trouble, you could go and knock on that door 
and go to that house of safe like someone was following you. Yes, the look on your face is exactly right, Georgia Hardstock, who's nodding her head, because the people who want to eat children yeah. get those stickers totally. first. Like, that's the most obvious, like, clearly that's the murderer, rapist, child molester. It's basically saying, do you need ingredients for your child's stew? Yeah. Well, here, we just set up a governmental program We're just going to have them, like, it's like cows to the slaughter. Oh, yeah. We're just going to have them on a conveyor belt go into this, quote, safe house. Yeah. Because the first, I remember as a kid seeing that and being like, that's so cool because if I'm scared or whatever. And then I was just like, I don't know. Who would do, like, that's totally my mom's voice of like, oh, Jesus, who'd get involved? Who'd do that? Yeah. I don't want kids on my porch. Exactly. Kids are gross. Yeah. Um, Well, there is the, I remember hearing if you're ever in trouble or someone's following you or something, go to a woman and ask her for help. Yeah. Which is so sad that it's like, don't go to a man because the man. (laughs) Even a cop, it was like, don't go to a cop. It was like, go to a don't woman. Don't go to a cop? What? I don't know. This is, that person had been hurt badly. Yeah. They were very bitter. Uh, go to a woman? Yeah. I don't know. Ask a woman for help. Although I guess they're pretty weak and meek. And if they came to me, I'd be like, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do well, to ask for this? Wearing? Yeah, what did you? Um, were you shooting off your mouth? Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is 
all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines and June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Oh, it's oh. So here's here's a a recent thing that's going on that this girl um, Cassandra wrote in. She, of course, found us through Cracked. Thank you, Cracked Podcast. Cracked Podcast. So she's from Calgary, um, Canada. Oh, Calgary up in Manitoba. <laughs> what? Remember when I did the bus, the bus murder and I was like, the information I gave out about Canada was severely incorrect. I mean, you can't get everything right. I we- think I have like a, r- a roughly like a sixth grade education. <laughs> So please keep that in mind when you listen to this podcast. Ditto. I, I stopped paying attention in like third grade. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, it's sixth is like, because then you went through the rest of school. So the total is like sixth grade total. Exactly. I can't do math. To add yeah, it up. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the trial for this guy just started yesterday and there's been a publication ban on it since the murder was committed two years ago. So the details of the case are just starting to emerge and they're weird. Last day of school in the University of Calgary is called Bermuda Shorts Day. I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that means? They were the nerdiest fucking thing I've ever it's heard. Like, that makes me think of high school and hate everything. Sponsored by Dockers. Remember that? Like, weird hair day. Wear your pajamas day. Yes. Where I'm always like, I'm not wearing Bermuda shorts. I have broken blood vessels on the back of my knees. <laughs> I'm from Ireland. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, and typically all the university students get drunk, wear Bermuda shorts, and all in all just have a good time. And get raped, probably. <laughs> so, on Bermuda, Bermuda, hmm? Bermuda. Bermuda shorts day in 2014, this kid named Matthew DeGrood went on a massive murder spree. And I've, he stabbed five people to death. What? And I've been seeing, well, because I look at the Facebook feed that there's been, like, photos of them up. And, like, they're just all sweet university kids. Oh, wait. I, I think I saw that same article Four today. dudes and a woman and yeah. a girl got killed. Um, the police sent the dogs. He, he killed them all at random at a house party. Ooh. The police sent the dogs out after him once they got to the scene and found him not very far away. What was strange about it was that Matthew DeGroote was sequestered for psychiatric treatment for an extremely long time following the murders and leading up to the case. Um, so... The mood around campus was crazy, visuals, all of this stuff. This person says, I definitely cried because they were around my age and could easily have been in the same, I could have easily been at the same parties because I traveled in similar circles. 
Um, and I couldn't understand why someone would randomly murder five young people at a party. When I found out in the news, t- what uh, I was going to say, how loud, how loud was the music though? What? If you were a neighbor. Oh yeah. They're just, <laughs> they're just blasting. Just it's about. been one week since it looked at me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hope you had that. Isn't that what they play when people graduate? <laughs> Let's see. When I found out in the news. Slideshow. <laughs> slideshow time of your I'm life. crying. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that one little voice. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to kill you. Since the publication ban was lifted, some crazy shit has come out. Basically, in the weeks leading up to the murders, Matthew DeGrude's mental state seemed to deteriorate, deteriorate completely, sending random texts to his parents that made no sense. Mm. I guess he was also searching up, quote, Obama is the Antichrist mm-hmm. and looking. Nothing crazy about that. No, and looking into Hitler. You're just lightly looking into him? As one does. Well, I, I obsessively look into Hitler, so. I've looked deeply into Hitler. Thank God I've never Googled Obama is the Antichrist. I bet some fun websites come up if you do. I bet some real smart, well-written, interesting websites come up. No, I bet do. nobody mistakes the word there for the word there. No, on that website. never. Two and two is all correctly <laughs> written. Loose and loose. Yeah, always yeah. right. Mm-hmm. The night of the murders, his friends went to pick him. His friend went to pick him up and take him to the party where the horribleness happened. Rude was inco- incoherently babbling about the apocalypse happening at midnight. Oh, Don't take him to a guys. party then. Yeah. And donned a pair of latex <laughs> glove, quote, in case he had to kill someone in the apocalypse. This friend. Bro seriously he gave his friend a knife and a head of garlic to protect himself in the apocalypse pull the car over garlic ain't gonna do shit in the apocalypse unless it's used (laughs) as currency which i could see that happening (laughs) yes because it's very good for you yeah and like canned food are probably disgusting and you want to spice it up with some garlic that's right garlic would cover a lot of the rotting peas that you'd be eating into eternity absolutely yeah if any of your friends are talking about a the apocalypse B, uh, zombies or vampires actually really being in the real world. And if they're donning surgical gloves, do not go to the party. No, don't take him to a, don't, you, don't take him to a party. Call the police and say that you want to have him, especially if he had, yeah, you want to have him committed for the 24 hour watch. Something's wrong with your friend. Yeah. Psych ward, emergency room. They might hate you and never want to be your friend again, but they might also kill five people. Yeah. Pick one. You got to pick one of those two. You just got to have your eyes peeled. Yeah. Like garlic. Yes. Um, sometime in the early hours of the morning, a bunch of people at the party left to get McDonald's and left the five vict- victims and one sleeping girl alone with DeGrude. From what I under, do you want to hear more of this? Sure. I hey, hate this story, but crazy yes. rantings. Um, uh, I can't even, they stabbed people. Oh God. Um, God, we've all been at this fucking party. Oh. It's like the party that kind of won't end. But and you're you don't just even want to be at. And you're sleeping off because you can't drive home. Yeah. And you're kind of like, you, it's like a seven beer drunk where you just have a headache. Yeah. You, you didn't have a good time. Now you just have a headache. You have like an early hangover. Your pants don't like button all the way because they're just like. And you're still hanging out there because you think that one guy might try to make out with you, but it's right. not panning. No. Suddenly. And he's like fall down drunk. So do you even want to make out with him? Yeah. But you're just trying to like stay in the mix. But your friend doesn't want to go home yet. No. Or you or your friend went home already and you're like, I'm going to stay. Yes. Oh, that the old I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. Never stay behind at a party. Mm-mm. You'll get murdered. Yeah. So that's, I mean, more and more. But there's, you know, it's out in the um, it's being tried now. I, f- I find the fact that they do a uh, uh, media hold fascinating. Well, oh, because of the jury? I don't know. Is that why they do Who? it? Who? Can- Canada, Canada, I guess, right? 
Isn't that what you said at the very beginning? Yeah, and I didn't know that either. I would guess it's so that the jury can't find out any information, which right. is like the media here would never let that happen because they make so much money off constantly having information. Mm-hmm. And even, whether it's true or not, they just put it out and then they fact check and other news outlets pick up on that not fact checked information and reported as well. And then it's all true. They also guilt the victims' families into giving interviews when they don't want to. And then when it's too early, I just read this in that Anne really? book. Um, uh, Cause she was a reporter, but she never did that. She never interfered with the victim's families, but reporters, cause they had to get their story um, would go to the families and say, tell us the story before somebody else talks about how she, this girl that got murdered by Ted buddy asked for it right. was, was slutty in real life. Right. Like that they would basically threaten the family um, pretending to be like the friend by saying yeah. they're going to print a, a story about how she asked for it. You give me the real story. And then that's how they get the like tearful interviews from oh, the family. Man. It's this so is, ugly. Whenever I watch those or see those the fucking news reporter just seems like such a shark yeah and like a disgusting person who would and i have to think that they don't want to do it it's their boss making them do it or whatever or and they just find themselves in that position but they always ask questions like how did that make you feel yeah it's like we all know how they feel yeah you don't have to make them relive feelings and show feelings yeah especially when when that, that might not be the feeling at the moment it could be completely different than what's supposed to be going on and yeah they could be in some weird stage of grief where they're like i feel nothing yeah yeah i'm completely empty or like i'm so happy right now no that's not true i don't think that's that's not one of the stages i always wonder about the the um suspect's family and the like oh the murder did you ever see that one this this footage from like a 48 hours or something where the sister of the murder victim was like trying to get the family to talk to her and she was so angry because they wouldn't the murderer's family yeah uh-huh. just yelling at them and they were in trial every day supporting him and the, and they're walking down the street and the the victim's sister is yelling at them and the sister of the murderer turns around walks to her and hugs her and is like i'm so sorry we're going through a lot too and I'm really sorry. Did they both ball their heads off? Yeah. Because I'm going to start right now. I know. Because everyone's a victim in that situation. They're not the murderer. They're horrified. The the wife of the murderer or child molester or rapist, I feel like gets a bad rap too. The worst. How did she not know? How did she not do anything? When you have to think that they're probably abuse, at least you know, uh, mentally abused people. Yeah. Something. Yeah. No, it's, it's super ugly. Everyone. There's so many victims. Yeah. You look like you're about to cry. I just, sorry. No, I'm just feeling low. Oh, no. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, no, no. Just that. The oh, Im- <laughs> I was so manipulating. I just start, I know. I just start talking about my own problems. Um, my dog know, is, my dog holds me hostage. I forgot to pay my gas bill. Um, no, the image, it's the same thing. It gets me every time, anytime a victim's like father tells a murderer, I forgive you. Have you ever seen those Mm -hmm. in the courtroom? It, it makes me lose it immediately because it's all, it's, that's, that's usually when you see one of those people break Yeah, because they're good at at stealing themselves against hatred and all that, but it's that 
a human connection is the hardest thing. Yeah, I always and, think about how hard having to read a victim statement is at the end of a trial after sentencing or during sentencing. Because you're not going to get what you want out of no. it. No, no. But yeah. But yeah, but saying I forgive you. Whew, that's a that's like the biggest punch you can give. I feel like I'm thinking of there's a very specific like forensic files or whatever, because the dad that I remember seeing do it had a big gray beard and white hair. And I think he was wearing rainbow suspenders. I'm not kidding. And he was clearly Aww. like an old hippie dad. Yeah. And he said that. And I want to say it was to somebody like a BTK yeah. or somebody where it's just like, I'm forgiving you because it's for myself. Totally. And it's because always, this is, you know, yeah, you we've heard enough. Hold that anger in your fucking heart. <laughs> we need to figure out how to end these podcasts more positively. What if we just, what if we just both start sobbing? <laughs> would that be, would that make you happy? <laughs> would then we have enough fucking empathy for you? <laughs> well, Elvis is far away, so I can't have him meow into the I microphone. I just like the fact that this surprises us every time where yeah. it's like, we have a podcast about the worst thing ever. And, uh, the end. <laughs> every time we're like, yeah, wow. yeah, that was so that wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, well, this was a murder mini. So which is just a little little gift to the to the po actual podcast. So go back and listen to the actual podcast. Yeah, this is just something to get you through the week. Yeah. Like maybe a Monday or a Tuesday. We're putting this up. Yeah. Um, go, there's T-shirts and my favorite murder shirt shirt. My favorite murder shirt dot com. Might be shirts. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Try both. Try them both. Uh, and then tell us what the second one that isn't right brings you to. Right. That would be interesting. Could be anything. Um, and also, we have a Patreon, if you feel like. It. Yeah. Patreon.com slash My Favorite Murder. And, you know, other than that, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.